Welcome. I'm Taylor Marsh, and this is Astral Soul Lightning. The Renaissance is where we begin. The setting is Florence, 1480. The book is Meditations on the Soul, Selected Letters of Marsilio Ficino. The subject is astrology. Ficino was a Catholic priest and an astrologer. Words from the dawn of modernity, the Renaissance. This letter is titled, quote, Marsilio Ficino of Florence to Lorenzo di Medici the Younger, end quote. Ficino led the Platonic Academy in Florence in the 15th century during the Renaissance. He studied and translated the dialogues of Plato. Ficino wrote to Medici his definitions of the planets and what they stood for. Swiftness for Mars, with the sun as God. Jupiter represents the law. For Ficino, while Mercury is reason, Venus, according to him, is human nature. Ficino talks about the moon, quote-unquote, within you in this same letter, that must turn to the sun, which is God. Venus, actually, is the goddess of love and sex and beauty. The philosopher in Ficino missed the definition by a mile, maybe because of his priesthood. (laughs) I have enough research under my belt on these subjects to bristle when a definition goes awry. Ficino also misunderstood Saturn, as do many others, in my opinion. The best description I've heard is this planet revolves around lessons, tests, and karma. Saturn slows down progress to force human action into a deeper space. It's the builder, but when the planet goes retrograde, becomes a deconstructor, if you will. Creatives during a Saturn phase are inspired to go deeper, slow down, evaluate if what you're doing is in line with your intent, do an honest assessment to evaluate whether your efforts are worthy of your capabilities, and reassess how to achieve your ultimate vision. No planet, no planet makes a person act. Free will rules until eclipse season, but more on that in a moment. Man during antiqui- and sorry, man during antiquity, long before Ficino, depended on the planets for their stories to explain life. Planets of con- consequence were named after gods. Mercury is quote the chief messenger of the gods end quote according to Mythopedia. Based on the Greek god Hermes, Mercury was quick and clever, which scientists explain through Mercury's close orbit around the sun. Foresight is his claim to fame in mythology. Mercury also conveyed souls to the underworld. Child of Jupiter, Mercury rescued his half-sibling Ceres from Pluto when she was abducted. NASA's first space program was named after Mercury. DC Comics' The Flash, among others, traded on this symbol. It's important to cite Mercury because of the infamy raised when this planet goes retrograde. Mercury retrograde is the most maligned influence in the astral world, the most misunderstood as far as I'm concerned. Retrogrades, like I was talking about just a few minutes ago with Saturn, are reassessment periods. 
For creatives, Mercury Retrograde is a time to review projects not yet launched and drill down on the details. Launches and beginnings aren't favored, but there are times when your instincts will guide you forward regardless. I'll come back to the instinct aspect over and over again. It is the foundation of so much of my work. Personal choice is always an option, regardless of astrological signposts. But be aware, things in your past may rise during retrograde season. Overall, I'd suggest slow down, settle in, and do the work. Rest and wait because forward motion is never far away. But retrograde periods are a tremendous time to dig deeper and really fill out the gaps in what you're doing, whatever creative project you're doing. Three times a year, Mercury goes retrograde, usually, sometimes four. So it's a cyclical time you can plan around instead of bulldoze through. All of these astrological events can be planned around. Learn how to work with the cycles, not against them. It's the heart of productive flow. And again, be aware of moon void, of course, which I covered in the last podcast. Each planetary retrograde brings with it unique properties. As as does when a planet goes direct. Ficino's letters from the moment of human rebirth, the Renaissance, are important because he was a priest and astrologer, but also was able to compartmentalize God to make room for the mystical and metaphysical. The Renaissance was the break from the dark and middle ages and so much more. It is the beginning for creatives and thinkers, the first era of modernity around 1460. 1400 to 1600. The notion of humanism was born during the Renaissance, the idea of human life being more important than the afterlife, a subject we'll discuss as we get deeper into 2022. Criticism of the Roman Catholic Church rose. The church itself became a point of argument, I guess I'd call it, and it spawned a new Christian church. Back to another letter from the Renaissance's Ficino. He'd written a book on astrology. In the second paragraph of the book I cited earlier, there's a letter to a count. Ficino refers to the ancient experts as, quote-unquote, these astrologers, slamming their efforts by couching their work in terms that was repeated throughout history. Ficino wrote the astrologers claim the stars caused every event on earth, which took power away from God, who rules the entire universe. He thought, quote unquote, these astrologers robbed even the angels of their power, wrote God is above the heavens and those who dare to enter God's territory to predict outcomes is doomed to the underworld. Man has struggled to explain the universe and our place in it since antiquity, The heavens, the planetary architecture above, play a lead role. Ficino separates planetary positions and stations in several letters to Medici, 
in the same breath as he denounces, quote-unquote, these astrologers. The irony, right? Ficino is right, though. Any astrologer who claims the planets, the stars, and their cosmic neighbor, neighbors cause human reaction or decisions is incorrect. After the These Astrologers letter, Ficino warned Medici to be careful for two specific days. He then wrote about his ascendant, Medici's ascendant, being in a square with two other planets. It backed up his warning to be careful. An astrologer himself, Ficino cited the warning to his powerful friend, followed by the surety that God, who rules all, will intervene and save Medici from all threats, whether stars or men. God had intervened before, Ficino notes, and and Medici had survived. The Renaissance introduced a way for God and astrology to coexist. However, this brilliant moment in time never reconciled the physics of the duality, let alone Ficino's faith of a God who intervenes himself and is stationed somewhere above the heavens. Ficino deconstructs the astrological birth chart of his hero Plato in page after page of this book. Neatly keeping God above the heavens with details of planet aspects in the houses of the astral map. Fate has nothing to do with it, according to early astrologers, because man can be saved from his difficult planetary struggles through faith in God's interventionist powers. Think of the planets and their alignment as information, facts, astronomical facts. Astronomy is science and is a mathematical marvel of matter and cosmic design with an architecture. Astrology is over 2,400 years old, dating to before Babylonians, well before the Egyptians, a language of ancient man because of the mathematical system at its foundation. Before astronomy, it was considered a science, the first mathematical architecture ever constructed in man's words and graphics, was astrology. Again to the Renaissance. Copernicus dared to say the earth and the planets revolved around the sun. He died shortly after his book was published, so the Catholic Church, on the warpath for anyone who contradicted the Bible, couldn't act. His contribution His contribution was labeled the Copernican Revolution. And I want to add that he waited a month before he uh, published his book because he was so scared of what the reaction would be. Galileo was a mathematician and an astrologer who was tried as a heretic for following what Copernicus had started. For his trouble, he made a powerful enemy of Pope Urban VIII. Galileo wasn't allowed a proper gravesite until many years after his death. The books of Copernicus and Galileo were banned by the Catholic Church because the Bible was taken literally at the time. Many of you may notice that uh, the literal translation of the Bible has reared up in one of our political parties. 
1992, Pope John Paul II said, quote, that Galileo suffered unjustly at the hands of the, of the church and praised Galileo's righteousness, I'm sorry, Galileo's religiousness and his views and behaviors regarding the relationship between science and religion. Organized religion, however, has failed in so many ways, it's no wonder people are fleeing. What is godlier than appreciating the whole of creation, which is but a puzzle for humans to solve through individual experience? You can't solve the question of astrology and spirituality from the outside. It must be an experience led from within, the inner sanctum of a person's individual processes. Meditation and spiritual coupling across portals of the mind led by symbols and mathematical connections presented across the sky. Now let's get specific. There's a new moon on April 30th, which is a partial solar eclipse, eclipse but it's wise to ignore the word partial. All solar eclipses happen on new moons, but the importance of eclipses is worth emphasis. This is the faded portion of our human ride. This new moon solar eclipse is not a moment to launch or manifest new actions. Most new moons are a time to launch. On a solar eclipse, it's not. A solar eclipse is not one moment, it is a gateway. And it will be a gateway between the solar eclipse and the lunar eclipse, and also what happens months later as the mirror sign enters. To understand the power of these cosmic shifts, it's important to embrace all of what we're discussing as energy. The planetary movement, the shift from one season to the next, from one zodiac sign to the next, is a change in energy. Humans experience these shifts through emotions and how we feel. We're in Taurus season. We're in a period where the plot revolves around the Taurus-Scorpio axis. The mythology of the moment is what matters and how it relates to our lives personally. An astrologer can give you every mathematical point on your birth chart, but the most valuable assessment is putting the knowledge you have about your own life atop the general overview of your birth chart. No astrologer is better than you at navigating your personal cosmic energy. That's the reason so many astrologers go into specific angles and odd um, words like quincux, because without your own personal story, they have to rely on the mathematical projections in your chart. And it's all outlined if you are interested. The difference in the energy of Aries season, which came, is the first uh, part of the zodiac year, and Taurus season, which began on April 1920, uh, right in that realm, is stark. Fire versus earth energy. After your ideas are set aflame, it's now time to grand ground your vision. 
This is the mythological translation. You have to ask yourself where it applies. The grounding of energy is in preparation to receive what we need to push us where we need to go. Eclipses deliver, but they also remove. Humans have no ability to thwart the energies behind eclipses. The result can break your heart and change your life, uplift you through long-dreamt-of rewards. Eclipses shock and rock. Again, this is the faded part of our journey. During eclipse season, events can manifest that put you on a better path than you're on now, even when you don't like what happens. I can say this through great, deep experience. One of the most important events of the second decade of the 21st century is the placement of Uranus in Taurus. Uranus is the mythological awakener and brings sudden, often shocking shifts. It's the ruler of Aquarius, an air sign that lives to disrupt the status quo. Uranus brushing up against Taurus for six years plus is shake-up energy colliding with an old building filled with things that no longer serve humanity. These, these energies are in play right now for the collective, not just personally. Eclipse energy washes over the world and the impact lasts because of the adjustment that follows afterward. Eclipses are coupled. The Taurus new moon partial solar eclipse detonates on April 30th. But the impact rolls through the months until the total lunar eclipse in Taurus on November 8th, a blood moon. So these are gateways. These are periods of time when the change is uh, grappled with, uh, maneuvered, and you move through it. The book into these events begins on May 16th with a total lunar eclipse in Scorpio. Its twin, if you will, will happen on October 25th with a partial solar eclipse in Scorpio. The latest Taurus-Scorpio node cycle began on November 19th, 2021 with a partial lunar eclipse. If you want to compare, think back to spring 2003 December to, to December 2004, which was the last time this nodal cycle happened. What makes this all so earth-shaking? April 12, 2022, a moment when Jupiter and Neptune met in Pisces, which hasn't happened for 165 years. That's because of the slow-moving process of Neptune. As astrologers put it, Neptune expands, I'm sorry, I got that backwards, uh, uh, Jupiter expands, Neptune dissolves. Why is Neptune associated with the Great Dissolve? It's mythical association with Poseidon. Brother of Zeus, Poseidon wheels his trident to whip up thunderstorms and earthquakes. Jupiter, known as the great benefic, expands whatever it touches and loves being in Pisces. Pisces is a water sign depicted by two fish swimming in opposite directions in the sky. It's the 12th sign of the zodiac. The fish was an early Christian symbol often associated with Christ. 
Jupiter will be in Pisces until May 10. So the attributes of this sign, amplified by Jupiter, brings compassion and truth to, into the light, with the shadow sp- side exposed for all to see. Whether you believe there is an association with your life or what's happening around you or not, these alignments are scientific astronomical calculations. But if you want to see if there's any impact or any coincidences between what's happening in in our lives and what's happening in the sky, look at the news. Look at all the news. Vladimir Putin invaded Ukraine on February 24th on the waning moon before it went dark in preparation for the new moon. The Oxford Online Dictionary on the word waning means decrease in vigor, power, or extent, become weaker. A waning moon is not a time for manifestation, whether it's a wedding, a project, or an illegal invasion. The weeks of April 2022 were were excellent for creative launches. All planets are direct with auspicious signs and energy points throughout the month leading up to April 30th and the partial Taurus new moon eclipse. We live in momentous times. Eclipse season launches the faded portion of our journey where we receive blessings but also can experience shakeups. It's where destiny is refined by the gods as they jettison what's no longer needed in our lives in case we can't do it ourselves. The energies shift in another way on April 30th when Pluto begins its retrograde. Pluto is a faraway dwarf planet whose orbit is slow and long. Its energetic touch is subtle for humans, but the mythology of this planet is that it slithers deep into our subconscious when it goes retrograde. In the collective Pluto unearths. It's associated with the underworld in mythology. In mythology, in 2022, the United States, our country, is experiencing its Pluto return, according to astrologers. The moment when Pluto is at the exact placement as it was on July 4th, 1776. Astrologers submit that all things have a cosmic or birth chart, including our beloved country. Whether you believe this, or, believe this is true or not, look around. Pluto is mythologically synonymous with unearthing the shadow side to cleanse what's hidden and bring it into the light. The U.S. will be under this energetic cycle until 2024. And it doesn't necessarily start on the 30th. These rumblings of these planets don't have a cutoff date. We can't judge when these, these, uh, these momentous energies will, will, will rifle through our lives. But I would suggest this week we have seen some of the unearthing, especially in politics, but also in other areas. To quote one astrologer on this event, quote, 
Pluto is the planet associated with death and rebirth. It is the fourth force that crumbles things to ashes in order to rebuild, end quote. As long as I can remember, there has been an underground of grievance percolating in our country uh, to the tune of about 29% of Americans. Look into history. Look at the rise of equality between women and men. Look at the rise of racial animus, which has been simmering at the foundation of our country, made worse by Jim Crow laws, and is now being ripped away and rebuilt on fertile new ground. Look at the rise of LGBTQ plus equality and the bigotry meant to reverse progress we are seeing everywhere, especially in Florida. Look at the rise of spirituality over religious doctrine as people more and more choose other options than organized religion. This is the dawning of the, of the age of Aquarius, although there's a disagreement on the exact start date. Aquarius is, is one of the oldest constellations, which was named in the second century by the most famous scientist of the ancient world, Ptolemy, a famous mathematician who was also an astrologer. But it was his book which kept the astrological science of the ancients from being lost to history. Ptolemy's influence on astronomy lasted for over a thousand years, with his astrological thesis translated and revised over centuries, replacing older ideas. What's important is Ptolemy's understanding of the planets, stars, and how they impacted the collective, as well as personal human destiny. He separated these two categories, collective and genethleological, meaning horoscopes. There was the collective, and then there was each person's personal horoscope. According to Library of Congress documents, by the 5th century BC, the earth was considered a sphere. This epiphany came during a lunar eclipse, a time when the earth is between the sun and the moon. The shadow revealed the obvious. The earth was a sphere. How we understand our universe has evolved, is still evolving. The Inquisition worked to destroy the science of astrology. Once astronomy was founded, over time, the advancement of humankind refused to embrace the ancient science founded on mathematical calcul calculations from the greatest minds of antiquity. Astrology fell. There's a reason people are turning again to the heavens, astrology, and the psychological assessments and translations meant for humankind as clues, even foreshadowing. Aristotle deemed there were four elements, fire, air, water, and earth. He believed the stars and planets were governed by their own rules, thus naming planets for gods and charging these deities with the power to rule over the heavens. On planet earth is life, death, and what's beyond wasn't seen as the purview of humans. There is celestial and terrestrial, but beyond the veil wasn't considered. By 1700, the Catholic Church claimed this territory, and anyone traversing it was subject to ridicule or worse. It was Galileo who took what Copernicus began and made the case to the church that he was right. The sun was the center of the universe. 
During his time in the Renaissance, mathematician was was synonymous with being an astrologer. So, yes, even Galileo looked at the planets and stars for messages. Galileo's sin, according to ancient accounts, was his predictions, which the Inquisition considered heresy, known as fatalism, the church charged Galileo, accused him as living as a heretic. This same technique was used four centuries later, over four centuries later, actually, against Carl Jung in the mid-20th century to discredit his work and marginalize him among colleagues like Freud. The publishing of Liber Novus in the 21st century revealed Jung's deep interest in the analysis of astronomy as it's applied to human behavior. The messages he received are laid bare in this volume. There is nothing more powerful than a human armed with mythical symbols to represent stages of life throughout the year that apply only to her or him. It's not the planets that make you feel different emotions, but the energies stirred when the planets, once called gods, interact among themselves. When their energy combusts, aligns, squares, or conjuncts, and what the ripple ripple effect is. Signposts, energetic cycles, cause and effect of planets, stars, and other celestial orbs interacting above the earth. The contagion of energy energy as cycles rise, wax, and wane. The rustling of comic wind, the rustling of cosmic wind (laughs) increases April 29th with the retrograde motion of Pluto. What is hidden in the shadow will be revealed on the collective and in our personal lives. Maybe you've already gotten a message. It is that close. We are in the throes of eclipse. It may shock you. This is the mythological nature of the underworld ruled by Pluto. This is the the symbol the mythological equivalent, so we can understand our lives better. On a personal note, something deep inside you could stir. It depends on how honest you're living your life. It's why I mentioned Sue Zorman and Anthony Robbins in, the, uh, in a prior podcast. Are you paying your bills? Do you have your... your your everyday life working? Are you being honest with what you are doing? The more authentic your life, the more you'll be pulled into your destiny. If you're living against your purpose, hold on. If you refuse to level up or let go, prepare. On April 30th, the new moon partial solar eclipse in Taurus with Uranus involved will land. It's another beginning. The rest of the year will rock and roll. The shadow side will find no shade. Exposure is the rule. Humankind will level up or the gods will throw us out of our comfort and into where we must head for the good of mankind. The process is slow. We are all being asked to rise. It's not the planets or stars. It's our choice. 
What the astronomy does is make way for change. The assessment of astrology is to embrace the change the fated eclipses will deliver. Incarnation is evolution, and we've all chosen to be here at this phenomenal inflection point in human history. Rising to the occasion is the choice, but we all know many will fight this natural progress. Stand in power, in truth. Mathematicians in antiquity were astrologers because this ancient discipline was the first scientific system that explained more about life than, than antiquity had offered. Throughout history, excepting the Dark and Middle Ages, mathematician euphemistically meant astrologer. For Carl Jung, his scientific stature was dimmed by his belief that God would want him to use his mind as he was being guided through experience. But be critical how astrology is written of across the web that it's no longer deemed a science because of lack of proof in standard experiments meant to prove or disprove the accuracy and, important, and the importance of astro astrological placement doesn't matter. Astrology is, proved valuable, astrology is proved valuable through experience, individual tests that are personal. Experience with the church has proven to tens of millions of people that their power has been abused and their doctrine and creed is not strong enough to keep their own leadership in line with truth, transparency, and inclusion. They have misrepresented God, the meaning of Christ's words, and what the heavens mean. Experience with spirituality starts with meditation. It proves people have a better way to live, another way that is personal and owned one experience at a time. Astrology is a roadmap, foreshadowing, and sometimes a warning, but it is always about human evolution, and it is our choice what we do with the information we get. Only our purpose in life matters, and it is to evolve one experience at a time. Life is change. Embrace it. Let it, throw, let it roll through you. Evolve. <laughs> I'm Taylor Marsh, and this is Astral Soul Lightning. My website is taylormarsh.com. I'm across social media. Until next time. <music>